we are beginning a brand new message series this weekend uh, that we've entitled Encounters with Jesus. Everywhere that Jesus went, lives of people were changed. Whether people were, you know, in, in desperate need of a miracle, whether people felt like they, you know, had blown it and had just gone the completely wrong direction, an encounter with Jesus has the potential to change all of that. And over these three weeks, we're going to look at three different encounters with Christ and to see what we can learn both about what happened then and also what we can learn about ourselves in the midst of that. And this weekend, we're looking at an incredible story found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. It's the story of the faith of the Roman officer, or some of your Bible versions might say the, the faith of the, of the centurion. A centurion was a Roman officer that uh, had charge over about 100 uh, men. So they were the backbone of the Roman army. And this story is about the incredible faith of one of those soldiers. Uh, and so let's look at the text, and we'll learn a little bit about the background. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all of this. Now, what he had just finished saying was one of the greatest sermons ever given. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus hit on so many different subjects of real life and what the kingdom of God is like. And he's just finished teaching. And it says, after he finished all that, he returned to this little town called Capernaum. Capernaum is on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and Capernaum became like a, a base of operations for Jesus. As he would travel from town to town around the Sea of Galilee in that region, he would always make his way back to Capernaum. And now he's on his way back, and it says, And at that time, a highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. Now, uh, when it says a highly valued slave, uh, Matthew's account, there's a parallel account of this exact story found in the Gospel of Matthew, and Matthew says it was a highly valued slave boy. It was a young boy. And what we also know is that Roman officers of that day were, were not allowed to marry. They did not oftentimes have family of their own. Sometimes they would have a concubine in a certain city, and maybe they even had children that were born to them. In, in essence, a, a slave to a Roman officer many times became like family. And just as the text says, highly valued. And it says that this slave was sick and near death. Uh, the, the, the writer Matthew lets us in a little bit more on the story, and we discover that this, this uh, slave that was sick had uh, some form of a palsy and would have convulsions and was, was sick, terribly sick, and lying in bed. And it's at this point, it says, that this Roman officer, when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and to heal his slave. Now let's keep reading. It says, So then uh, they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. They said, If anyone deserves your help, he does. That is, the Roman officer deserves your help, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and he even built a synagogue for us. We'll come back to that. 
So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming into my house, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. He said, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers, and I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And the Bible says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He was amazed, and turning to the crowd that was following him, he said to them, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This would have been an astounding statement to those hearing it. And it says, and when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. An encounter with Jesus can change everything. And even more than this miraculous healing, I think what sticks out the most in this passage is the faith of this Roman officer. It says Jesus, when he heard this, he was amazed. He was perplexed. He was overwhelmed. He was dumbfounded. He could not believe the incredible faith of this Roman soldier. Amazed. And that word amazed, often used in the Gospels, only refers to people being amazed at Jesus, right? Throughout the, the story of the Gospel, Jesus is doing miraculous things, preaching incredible messages, and time and time again we see that word, and the people were amazed. In fact, from the very beginning of Jesus' life, Luke 2.33 says, Jesus' parents, they were amazed at what was being said about him, about Jesus. In Luke 2.47, this is when Jesus is just a, a teenager. He's like 12 years old, and he's in the temple, and he's having spiritual, theological conversations with the religious teachers of the day. And it says, and all who heard him, all who heard Jesus, they were amazed at his understanding and his answers. In Luke 4.22, it says, everyone spoke well of Jesus, and they were amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. You see, throughout the Gospels, we hear more and more about people's amazement with Jesus. Luke 4, 32, it says, There too, the people, they were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with such authority. And in Luke chapter 5, we, we, we lean into the, this incredible story of four friends that wanted to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus, and they cared so much when they couldn't reach Jesus, and they knew that this man needed the touch of Jesus. They lowered their friend in through the roof of the home that Jesus was meeting in, and this paralyzed man walks and is healed, and it says, and everyone there was gripped with wonder and awe. And they praise God, exclaiming, we have seen what? Amazing things today. When you read the pages of Scripture and the story of Jesus the Christ, he continued to amaze people. And yet here, 
In this passage that we're reading today, it says Jesus was amazed. Jesus was amazed at this Roman soldier's faith. You know, the only other time that Jesus is amazed at faith, John Bloom speaks of this. Uh, He says the only other time the word is used to describe Jesus' response to other people's faith is in Mark 6, 6, when he marvels, (coughs) excuse me, at the lack of faith in the people of Nazareth, which is where he grew up. Only other time that Jesus is amazed at faith, and it's, it's not about the faith that they have, it's the faith that they don't have, except for this one instance. So it begs the question, it begs the question, don't you want to know, don't I want to know, what was it that amazed Jesus about this Roman officer's faith? And I think there's three things that we're going to see in the text. The first is the fact that this was a very unlikely faith. It was unlikely faith. Why do I say that? Look at Jesus' words again. It says, when he heard this, he was amazed, and he turned to the crowds that were following him, and he said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Jesus is traveling around uh, the Sea of Galilee and preaching and teaching and healing, and he says, out of all the places I've been, in fact, in all of the entire region... I've never seen faith like this. He was surprised about where he discovered this faith. It was unusual. It was unlikely, not just because of where he found it, but who he found this faith in. Because remember, he found this faith in the life of a Roman officer. It says at that time, this highly valued slave of the Roman officer was sick and near death. And here, this Roman officer cares so much for his slave that he sends for Jesus. It was so unlikely for a Roman to be a person of faith. Romans were, cons- were Gentiles. They were considered pagan people. It was, it was Roman officers that would crucify Jesus on a cross. And yet here, Jesus is blown away by the faith of this unlikely Roman officer. One Bible commentary says, The centurion was one of the most unlikely persons to amaze Jesus. He was a Gentile. Doubtless he had a pagan upbringing. He was a Roman stationed in Palestine to subject the Jews to the emperor's rule. He was a man of war. He achieved the rank of centurion by distinguishing himself above, above others in the brutal Roman martial arts. Not exactly, he says, the resume that you would expect for becoming one of the Bible's great heroes of the faith. Completely unlikely, unusual, unheard of. And Jesus is amazed at this guy's faith. Remember, I told you that Matthew uh, writes a parallel account to this. And after Jesus says, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel, Matthew, who's writing actually to a Jewish audience primarily, adds these words in his account. He says, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast." in the kingdom of God. Now, 
Matthew writing to Jewish people, when they heard this, this would have been eye-opening. This would have been, honestly, it would have been disturbing to them. They thought that Jesus the Messiah had come for them. Hey, we're God's chosen people. And here, Jesus is pointing out the faith of this Roman officer. And he says, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Many Gentiles, people that are not like you, people that are not people typically of faith, people that don't follow our rules and our religion, many of them, he says, will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in this eternal wedding feast. He was pointing towards heaven. He was saying, listen, guys, this just in. Some people are going to end up in heaven that you didn't think would make it. Unlikely people. Like this Roman soldier who obviously had real and living faith. And then he contrasts it. He says, but in contrast to that, but many Israelites... He says, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, those that Jesus had come for, he says, they'll be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Jesus pointing out how unlikely, how unusual it is for this pagan Roman soldier to have faith. And he had more faith than anybody else in Israel. He had more faith than the religious leaders of the day. He had more faith than the disciples that had been walking with Jesus, listening to Jesus, seeing Jesus perform miracle after miracle. Only another chapter later, we read about Jesus in the boat, and he calms the wind and the waves, and the disciples look up and they say, who is this? They still hadn't realized all of who Jesus was and how powerful he was, and here Who's discovering it? Who's the person of faith? The most unlikely, a Roman soldier. This was unlikely faith. I wonder for us, a next step in our own journeys. I wonder if we were to ask the question, who is the person in your life that is most unlikely to put their faith in Jesus? It's it's the Roman soldier of your life. The person that you think, no, they'd never Give Jesus a chance. No, they'd never come visit church with me. Or maybe that most unlikely person is you. And you're here this weekend. And you don't even know exactly why. A friend's been bugging you. You finally said yes to get him off off your back. Whatever reason it was. And maybe you're the unlikely one. You think, "I, I just don't know. I don't know if this church thing, if this Jesus thing, if this God thing is for me. Maybe you're the unlikely. But many of us in this room, we know somebody, a family member, a friend, a, a co-worker that, that our heart's burdened for. Here at the chapel, we call them our my three, three people that we're praying for, three people that we're trying to invest in relationally, three people that we want to look for opportunity to invite them. Who's most unlikely in your life? I just want to take a moment and just quiet. Let's just close our eyes and think about that unlikely person. Everyone thought the Roman officer was the most unlikely, and yet he had the most astounding faith of all. And so, Jesus, right now, whoever you've laid on our hearts, we lift them up to you. God, help us to have faith that you could help them come 
to real faith. That an encounter with you could change everything for them. And so help us to live lives that daily encounter you so that other people see you in us. And they might ask questions, that they might wonder about our lives. And that we could help them, the most unlikelies, take their very first steps of faith. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. This was the kind of faith that amazed Jesus. It amazed Jesus because it was an unlikely faith, but I think the second reason it amazed Jesus was because it was what I would call a humble faith. It was a humble faith. Look at the text. It says, when this Roman officer, when he heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. Now, this is significant. This Roman officer, I mean, he's a big shot. He has power, authority. He could demand things. And yet, he isn't the one to go ask Jesus himself. He doesn't demand Jesus show up. Instead, he asks some religious leaders of the day, some Jewish elders to go and ask Jesus if he would heal his slave. Out of respect, out of humility. He says, I'm not asking. I'm going to send somebody that I, I think maybe Jesus will listen to, somebody that Jesus associates with more than us Romans. I'm going to ask them if they'll go on my behalf to ask Jesus to do something about my slave that's about to die. And then in verse 4 it says, So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. Now listen to the way that they approach Jesus. This is how religion approaches Jesus, okay? It says, They said to Jesus, If anyone deserves your help, he does. See, this is what religion does. Religion is about do's and don'ts. And it says, well, if I do, then God's going to have to do. Like, well, doesn't he know who I am and what I've done for him? So that when I ask, Jesus is kind of like obligated. And this is what the religious leaders are doing. They're like, Jesus, listen, you got to help this Roman officer. I mean, he's such a good guy. Like, he deserves it. Do we ever approach Jesus that way, I wonder? Well, whether, whether it's for ourselves, well, Jesus, I've really been trying hard. I've really been faithful. Couldn't you, you know, just, wouldn't you, you should do this for me. Wouldn't you do this for me? Or maybe it's for a friend and maybe warranted, you know, like, oh God, if anybody deserves, please come through for her. These, these, these uh, Jewish elders, they say, if anybody deserves your help, he does. And look at what it says. It says, uh, for he loves the Jewish people. He even built a synagogue for us. I mean, this Roman soldier was so unlikely. And here, a Roman that typically was against the Jewish nation actually is investing to help build a synagogue for them. Uh, Roman centurions were, were paid well. They were wealthy, and because they didn't often, like I said before, have a family of their own, they were men of great resource. And this guy, this Roman soldier, this is where his faith is at. He uses his resources to build a synagogue in the city of Capernaum for the Jewish people that probably he didn't even go to. 
And so these Jewish leaders, they're banking on this man's, you know, reputation and all that he's done for the Jewish people. And so they come saying, hey, if anybody deserves it, Jesus, this guy deserves it. But look at the humility of this Roman officer. It says, so Jesus went them, which by the way, that would have broke barriers right there. The fact that he was headed to this Gentile Roman officer's home, it says Jesus goes with them. But before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say this to Jesus. Notice he addresses him as Lord. He says, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. Second time, he says, I am not even worthy to come and to meet you. This You guys, what astounded, what amazed Jesus about this Roman officer's faith is that it was unlikely faith and it was the most humble faith. He said, I'm not even worthy, Jesus. Don't come, I'm not worthy to have you step foot in my home. He understood what the apostle Paul would would challenge people with. Paul said, hey, because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning, do not think better of yourselves than you really are. He says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given. He says, don't be proud, don't be puffed up, don't think more of yourselves than you ought to. Instead, he says, be honest about your evaluation of yourself. And this Roman soldier, he was honest with himself. He knew who he really was. He knew who Jesus really was. And because of that, he says, Jesus, I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy. I'm asking, but I'm not even worthy to have you come into my house. I love what Tim Keller says. He says, so we can say that we are more wicked than we ever dared believe and yet more loved and accepted in Christ than we ever dared hope. He says, at the very same time. He says, this creates a radical new dynamic for personal growth. It means that the more that we see our own flaws and sins, the more precious and electrifying and amazing God's grace appears to us. It was this, it was this amazing faith, this humble faith that amazed Jesus. And so what are some next steps? when it comes to the humility of this Roman soldier's faith and ours. Maybe it means that when we approach God, when we ask God for something, we should first ask ourselves, am I asking God on the basis of what I have done for him or on the basis of what he has already done for me? You see, the Jewish... Religious people came saying, Jesus, look at all he's done for you. He certainly deserves it. But the Roman soldier came before Jesus, sending his friends saying, Jesus, I don't deserve it. But if you'll come, if you'll just say the word. That leads us to the, to the, the third mark of this amazing faith that dumbfounded Jesus. It was unlikely faith, 
It was humble faith, and it was powerful faith. And I would dare say it was powerful because it was first humble. Look at the text. The, the Roman soldier, he says, Jesus, I'm not even worthy to, have, uh, to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I love this. He says, Jesus, I, you don't even have to come to my house. I believe in you so much. All you got to do is say the word. You think about it, all the other uh, uh, miracles that Jesus had performed up to this point involved personal touch. When, when Jesus comes along to the blind beggar and he, he spits in the ground and he makes mud and he places his hands on the, on the blind beggar's eyes, it's his touch, and the man goes and washes and he can see again. Or the, the leper that's laying at the gate going into the city and nobody wants to be near him because of his leprosy, his sores oozing. And it says that Jesus reached out and touched him in compassion. And it was the touch of Jesus that brought the miracle. Time and time again, I mean, think about the lady that was bleeding for seven years and crowds of people are pushing in on Jesus and she's just, she's just trying to make her way through and she thinks to herself, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, if I could only touch some part of him, I could be healed. And this Roman centurion, see, this is what amazes Jesus. He says, no, you don't, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't have to be physically present. You don't have to, you don't have to touch Jesus. And any, Jesus. Uh, he says, just say the word. He believed Jesus was so powerful that he didn't have to touch. All he had to do was speak. This is what amazed Jesus about this man's faith. The, the, the Roman soldier, he goes on, he says, listen, the reason I know that you can just say the word, he says, because I'm a man that is under authority under the authority of my superior officers. And he says, and I have authority over my soldiers. He understood power and authority. And he said, I only need to say to my soldiers, go, and they go. I only need to say to them, come, and they come. And if I, if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Because they're under authority. And this Roman officer knew that his words carried power, but he knew that Jesus' words carried even more power. That all Jesus had to do to heal this slave that he cared so deeply about was to demand that the sickness go. He didn't even have to touch him. It's an AT&T, reach out and touch somebody. Long distance miracle. I love what Tim Keller says. He says, it's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. And this is what this Roman officer understood. It wasn't that his faith was so great and so strong and so powerful. It's that the object of his faith, Jesus, he knew that Jesus was powerful. The power was not in him. The power was in Jesus, the Christ. 
And that if Jesus would just say the word, that was all that it would take. And we know the rest of the story. They, he go, the, the guy goes to his home, and it says, at that hour, the servant was healed. So what's the next step for us today? I wonder, I wonder if there's a situation in your life or in the life of your family or, or the life of a friend that is over, there's overwhelming odds that you don't know what to do, that it seems perhaps hopeless, that you, just like this Roman soldier, there's somebody that you love and care about, and you just know deep down inside what they need is an encounter with Jesus because an encounter with Jesus can change anything. And we, just like the Roman soldier, unlikely as we are, in humility, trusting in the power of Jesus, what if we were to say to Jesus, listen, Jesus, I know I'm not worthy. This is not about what I've done for you. I know that I'm unworthy, but only say the word. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I don't know what situation, what circumstances, what friend or family member or individual are on all of our separate minds right now. But we confess that we're unworthy to ask you to do anything for us or anyone else. But Jesus, thank you for making us worthy. And thank you for loving us. And we place our faith not in our righteousness, but in yours. And we pray, Jesus, for whoever it is, for whatever situation it is. It's ourself, our friend, our family, our coworker. We're unworthy. And Jesus, all we know is it would only take a word from you. Hear our prayers, Jesus, and help us to have faith. Faith that is unusual, unlikely. Faith that is humble. And faith that is powerful, not because we are, but because you are. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.